Hey, hey, what's going on, everyone? Good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you happen to be. Welcome to episode number 43 of the Friday Froster. Today's title, is she embezzling or is she just playing incompetent? <laughs> now, as you guys can see, Kelly and Joe look different today. <laughs> I should have worn a wig or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Thomas, why don't you introduce yourself? And we're stalling for one minute because our other special guest is on her way. So Thomas, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell the people who you are and what you do. Who am I and what I do? I'm Thomas Mullenix. I'm the owner and founder of Revision Management Consulting. Uh, I'm based here in kind of chilly Houston, Texas. Uh, Hello to all my Houston neighbors that are watching right now. And I provide services for internal audits, socks, outsource consulting and i try to do it cheaper than the big four how's that i think you do it cheaper and better but see you can't say that because that's like bragging and then they might try and get mad at you but i can say it (laughs) i try to be a little humble with it you know so so i can say things that he can't say so if you're looking for internal (laughs) audit outsourcing cold sourcing any of that good stuff this is the man that you need to call because he's cheaper and better than the big four now while we're here Galena. Hi. Who are you and what do you do? <laughs> I'm an incognito, just as you asked me to sign in. So, so there you go. Great shout out. Hey guys, hey, thank you so much for inviting me. Hey Thomas, good to see you. Hello. Um, I'm Galena Salyanina and I have my own small um, company and I offer Fraud investigation services. I offer internal controls assessments, uh, manage cybersecurity, and recently we've partnered with the premier insurance provider in Houston uh, to offer cyber insurance services. So anything that people think is going to cost them an arm and a leg or the risks that they kind of put in a back burner, I'm here to remind them of that. And I'm also here to educate them that it's not going to cost them an arm and a leg to um, actually take care of their cybersecurity, do the proper internal controls, all that good stuff. So in other words, Galena is better and cheaper than the big four too. (laughs) He can't say it, but I can, right? Hey, you know, Robert, if if you're based, you told me you're actually in Dallas today. So we've got an all Texas broadcast today. I think that's oh, pretty you know special, what you we know. do. Yeah. 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 Everything's bigger and better in Texas. What can we say? <laughs> so look, we've got some some people joining us. Heather is here from sunny Jacksonville, Florida. Heather, awesome. let me just say this. Since you're in sunny Jacksonville, Florida, and I know we've known each other for a very long time. So I can say this to you with love because it is so warm there and it is currently snowing here. Heather, I hate you. <laughs> I really just hate you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, you mean the one day that it snows? It has been snowing for three days here. <laughs> now, yes, I'm in Houston, so yes, I. Everything, everything got shut down. Like literally, everything got shut down. Schools, all the activities, and the temperature here is 32 degrees. So just, just don't, don't laugh, okay? Just don't. Now. Someone who knows a lot about snow. Pozo is here from New York City. So we know that it's snowing there. Clarence, TGIF Clarence. 
<laughs> Thomas Heather says you should have worn pink. And Pozo is very, very, very excited that we have two guests in one episode. I like <laughs> now, it. Dana is here. Good to see you, Dana. We need to catch up at some point in time. Dana, you've been busy saving the world, I guess, huh? From but Dana says, can we do an episode on the Tinder Swindler? You know, that would actually be good. I don't know if you guys know what the Tinder Swindler is, but I haven't watched it yet, but it's on what? Netflix or Hulu? I can't remember. Mm. I haven't seen that one yet, but yeah, oh, that, man. that definitely sounds interesting. Oh boy, it, it is. So I'll probably watch it tonight because, you know, it's Friday and it's the weekend and you might as well do something besides work. <laughs> you mean watch about work, right? <laughs> Right, I guess, huh? Doing doing research research for work. Don't worry about it. <laughs> now, Dana says it's on Netflix. That's why I don't know it. I dropped Netflix when I picked up Disney Plus. So, uh, right, right. There mm -hmm. you go. So, it is on Netflix. Dana says, watch out for the people who seem too good to be true. I'm oh. with you on that. All right, all right. So, look, let me just ask you guys a question. I mean, it could apply to my husband, but I'm still married to him. I was going to call out Robert Barry. You know, maybe he's too good to be true, but well. <laughs> you know what? I've never heard that one before, so just spread the word on that. If, that, if that's what people are saying, help spread the word. <laughs> oh. So, so, look, let me ask you guys a question. What would you say if if, if a client called you up you were working at a company and a client called you up and informed you that you had made multiple overpayments to them. What would be your first thought? <laughs> Galena, I'll let you take that one first. <laughs> well, I'll be like, okay, what happened? You I mean, know, I, I would probably look if, if that phone call was made to me, I would probably start looking in my own books and records and my own procedures. That would be my first thought. Truly, really wouldn't look at the other side, right? So you first trying to figure out what, what happened on your side, right? Did, did my team screw up or what did I miss? So that would probably be my first thought. Yeah. And, you know, likewise, looking at some of my clients, because, you know, a lot of times I go into organizations because I'm a small organization. So if I double pay a bill, uh, you know, I notice it very quickly. So does my wife. But right. if I'm going into a, a client's office, one of the first things I look at is AP. Right. And I say, OK, let's just do a duplicate payment check, because if I can catch just a handful of payments that were duplicate payments, I might already be paying for the services they're bringing me in for, right? So all of a sudden, everything else I'm doing is basically free because I'm helping to, you know, to capture that cash back. So that's one of the easiest wins as a consultant I can do is just walk and say, hey, let's just do a double uh, duplicate payment check. You know, let's see where we're at. And you'd be amazed at how many AP departments, you know, they just don't catch a, a duplicate payment that gets, you know, that, that happens. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I understand small duplicate payments every once in a while. Yeah. But check out what happened in Adams County, Colorado. I do believe that that is Denver, the city of Denver. The treasurer's office, they made not one, not two, but three duplicate payments to a taxing jurisdiction for a total of about almost $600,000. Now on all three occasions, the place that received the extra money called them up and said, hey, 
you know, you paid us too much. Mm-hmm. And I would think one time it happened, you think, okay, well, we made a mistake. The second time I would be like, well, something's really wrong. But after the third time, you know that there are some real problems. And so what happened is, well, something was going on with the treasurer in Adams County, Colorado. And that something was so bad. It was so (laughs) bad. Here's some of the things that they said she was doing. They said that she had not reconciled many of the bank accounts that she manages since March of 2021. They also said that she failed to submit the required monthly reports to the board and all other taxing jurisdictions from 2019 to 2021. So that's three years worth. But then they also said that she didn't provide any reports in the board meetings from 2019, 2020, all the way up to July 2021. So now, if you had an employee that was performing that badly, what would you do with that employee? <clears throat> Give him a promotion and a raise? I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's not just looking at the employee, right? It's, you know, if, if you're looking at your organization and you've got a department or an employee and they've been consistently not doing their jobs and there's been no repercussions, no reprimands, no, then you start going to their boss, right? You, you look up the chain and say, okay, why are you letting this happen? Because everybody reports to someone, right? So yeah, you, you've got to, you know, there are so many just issues here. And I, I love the, the the newspaper article that, that you, you shared with us. It was, you know, the, even the, the, organization that, that first published this isn't even in Denver, but they were like, look, this is so juicy. This is just so unbelievable. We have to post about it. You know, we have to have an article about it because this is just so unbelievable. And yeah, it's, it's amazing to see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you guys have heard us lay the foundation. There was a lot of stuff that was going wrong here. The treasurer in Adams County, Colorado was clearly not doing the job, not reconciling bank accounts, not providing monthly reporting to account to clients not providing required documentation at board meetings. So needless to say, they didn't get rid of this young lady. What they did was the board, now the board, your ultimate authority in governance and oversight. (laughs) What they did was they filed a lawsuit against her in October of last year. Now, (laughs) in that lawsuit, They alleged some of the things that we just discussed previously. But here's what else happened during the course of this mm, tragic event here. (laughs) They had an outsourced internal audit function. BKD was the outsourced internal audit provider. Mm -hmm. Well, BKD provided a letter to the board saying that they had not been able to substantiate several transactions. There had been significant delays between when cash was received and when it was recorded in the books. They gave several examples, one in which there was $90,000 that they received from the Federal CARES Act. Well, it was received on April of 2020, and they didn't deposit it or show it on the books until 200 days later, so almost a year later. But BKD also said that there was a lack of appropriate segregation of duties in the treasurer's office and that that lack of segregation of duties allowed for incompatible duties to be performed by the same person with little or no oversight. If I could correct you, that was looks like it was 90 million. 90 million? Yeah, oh, that transaction million. was 90 million. 
You know you're right. Well, uh -huh. that's so that amount, a lot, you know, that amount alone that show up on the books, slightly under a year later, you know. But think about this: all of this didn't come out until a lawsuit was filed. Where's our governance here? Yeah, it, it really makes you wonder, right? I mean, you know. It, it seems like they try to keep everything under wraps. They're trying to keep it all in house. And, you know, whenever you're talking about 200 days, you know, in between transactions or 112 days for, for one of them, it looks like there, there are so many red flags, right? There are so many questions. And you kind of wonder, not just in that treasuries department, but really that entire governmental organization, is anybody doing their job? You know, is anybody actually paying attention? Because how could you not notice 90 million not being recorded on the books? I mean, yes. somebody's got to notice. I mean, with with all these allegations, do you do you think that this is a one-off case, or is this more widespread and this just happened to hit the fan? And mm. people are just trying to, for the majority of time, they're just trying to cover it up, cover it up, cover it up, and this one just happened to hit the news. What do you think? That's a very good question, and and you know what. I wondered the same thing, especially when I looked at the treasurer's response, because remember, all of this came out in court. So now to the segregation of duties issues, she responded, and this is a quote from her, with BKD's concern about the lack of appropriate segregation of duties, that, that she had an issue with it, no alternative methods to address the issue were presented. Now, the last time I checked, that's not your audit department's responsibility <laughs> to implement your system of internal controls. So she's obviously, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Galena. I, no, I was just making notes and I was just trying to figure out, you know, like just coming from different angles about this. The disconnect, right? The, was there a proper job description or employment contract to, you know, before this individual accepted this position, right? I mean, I'm, I can happily accept that position that gives me so much access and so much authority to, to funds, <laughs> county funds. But at the same time, you know, if there's a proper employment contract that stipulates you have to do A, B, C, D, you know, you're going to get audited every six months. We can choose between these three audit firms, you know, to come in, et cetera. So that is your employment contract that you signed. But I don't know if that's the case with government offices, right? And the second, the second thing that I was thinking, reading and analyzing, do you guys think that she might have a medical condition? And we probably may not even want to get into that, you know, but hey, it's published, it's online and everything. But to have to have such response, to have, you know, not let auditors in making this many mistakes, you, you tend to think, yeah, too many red flags, right? Embezzlement or something. But could there be a medical condition that just throws her off and she just starts doing things that just don't make sense? Ah, so you make a very good point. So let me say a couple of things about that. I have an episode of Audit Bites coming up where I'm going to talk about just that. I'm going to talk about the importance of auditors to actually recognize what's happening psychologically in corporations. Because oftentimes we try to look at facts 
But then we don't look at the underlying psychological conditions that could occur that allow stupid things to happen in organizations. And I'm actually going to use this story. So, but, but to your point, to your point, it gets a whole lot better or worse. Remember now, we had a derelict treasurer who was not doing what she was supposed to do on the job. The board was not getting reports from her that they needed. Instead of the board just firing her, they sued her. They sued her. They brought in an external firm to do internal auditing. Mm -hmm. She couldn't cooperate with that firm. And she basically shrugged off their suggestions of an inappropriate segregation of duties. So then what happened next was they ended up getting rid of that internal audit, that external firm to do internal auditing and hired a second firm because the treasurer, the audit client, couldn't get along with the first firm. So now when they hired the second firm, here's what she said about the first firm, the treasurer. The treasurer alleged that BKD was biased and stated that she would not work with them to complete the audit. So here you have an audit client that is refusing to work with an audit firm to complete the audit. So that goes back to your point, Galena. Is, is she mad? Like, is something wrong? <laughs> so now they bring in another audit firm and she and the board agreed to the second audit firm. Now, here's, here's where I'm just very confused about the governance and oversight here. You know that you're having problems with this employee performing. Now, you allow them to get rid of the first auditor, and then you allow them to actually select the second auditor. So now at this point, the audit should be done, right? Because she's had a hand in selecting the second auditor. What do you guys think about this so far? This sounds like it just tales from the crypt right now, you know? <laughs> well, you know, one thing that, that I'm looking at here, and I know we've all experienced it in one way, shape, or form, but there are people who have certain titles, who have certain job responsibilities, and they have kind of this arrogance about them. And they know what they're doing, they know what they're talking about, and they can't be bothered with the details, or they can't be bothered with an audit or, or whatever. And those are the worst audits to deal with, right? Because you're wanting to audit them. They know they did everything right, so there's no point in the audit. Still got to go through the process, right? So it really, in, in my opinion, it might not necessarily be like a, a medical condition, even though that, that's a valid question. Uh, it could be more of a, a professional arrogance. And I mean, she's obviously not doing her job correctly, but I kind of wonder that. And one thing I did dig up, is that the Secretary of State's office there in Colorado twice fined her election committee because they were late in filing financial documents. So someone who was elected to be treasurer and handle financial information couldn't get their own financial information filed in a timely manner for the election. So yeah, it really feels it either she's incompetent or she just she has that professional arrogance and isn't taking that time like she's supposed to. You guys, here's one thing that I just realized that dawned on me. She's not a CPA. So you have a treasurer who's right. not a CPA. She who is an attorney. She is an attorney. And mm -hmm. what do attorneys do usually? They argue and they fight and they fight for clients and they know the law fairly well, what they can and can't get away with. There you go. Now, Neil says, is someone on the board colluding with the derelict treasurer? That is a very good question. And we have Tracy here saying hi from the great, the great white north. You know, looking at looking at her name's Lisa, Lisa Culpepper, looking at Lisa's 
sorry, legal website, and they kind of give her background. She was actually over the tax compliance operation and legislative liaison for the Department of Revenue for the state of Colorado, including, it says, analyzing and implementing financial management and accounting controls. Yeah, yes. it's still an, an attorney, an attorney running that, uh, I mean, is it, is it okay? Like, I understand, like, maybe she has a specific, maybe her, like, attorney legal specialization, oh, la, 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 it's mouthful, is tax. <laughs> you know, maybe she's, a, maybe she's a tax attorney, right? That would qualify her to be there. But still, I'm like, ah, I, I honestly have not heard of an attorney being so close to money. I've not heard of an attorney being... Um, a treasurer. Have you guys? No, no, I've Who's never heard of that. Now, Sal Rodriguez says could be a competence issue with auditing standards. Yeah. Now, let's go back to Galena's point, though. She wasn't necessarily a CPA. Now, let's go back to Thomas's point. It could be arrogance or it could be some sort of mental health concern. Who knows? But when we got the second firm in to do audits, she cooperated with that firm fully, didn't she? And they got the audit done and everything ended up being okay. Heck no, that's not what happened. So look, here's what happened. According to the second firm, they informed the county that they couldn't complete its audit without the information that they requested from her and that they had not been successful in obtaining the requested information from the treasurer either. Now, around this same time, the board itself had gotten five complaints from employees about, and I'm quoting the news article now, about being bullied, belittled, and disrespected by the treasurer personally. They're not even saying she created an environment that allowed bullying to occur. They're saying that she personally bullied them. Now, the county commissioner actually said that in the two and a half years since she had been treasurer, 16 employees left the organization and eight others transferred to other departments. And then he said, and I quote, this level of turnover in a department with 17 positions is extremely concerning and certainly indicates that there are many, that there may be management issues. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, right? Right. So now, but look, here, here, here's the question that I have for those of us who are internal auditors. Why didn't this fact come out in the audit report from the auditors? Oh, you know, from a from an auditor standpoint, you almost you you kind of you want to draw the line. There are so many different issues that eventually it just becomes white noise. You you have so many different things that include that audit report. So I think sometimes that you just you pick the the most important details and you kind of let some of the others kind of speak for themselves. So, I mean, I would I would assume just from the other details that she's not a good manager, that she's not taking care of what she's supposed to be doing. So I, I would almost think that they're, by putting that in there, it could be seen almost as a personal attack instead of looking at the facts, even though it's a very relevant fact that, you know, she's clearly not a good manager. It well, almost seems like everyone has kind of concentrated and focused on the ledger right i mean the both firms right they're starting to look at the transactions and the ledger and they weren't able to get into the office right so they did what they could so you know there's a the part of me that wants to say based on these little facts that we know that, that were published right is that they worked with what they've got 
Yeah. Right. And they, they made the audit findings based on the information, the facts that were provided to them. Right. So they didn't get to interview maybe the maybe people that were around them, etc. On the other hand, if I was hired to perform this, uh, this audit, knowing that, first of all, you do the scope, right? You do the audit scope and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at this, 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 this. But once you start uncovering such red flags, you expand your scope, mm -hmm. right? And so in my book, I would have said, okay, I have this many red flags regarding the transactional activity. I have this many red flags that you, this individual is not cooperating, right? What else is there? True. Very true. Yeah. And, you know, the, you know, people complain about auditors going down rabbit trails and, you know, seeming to, to, to be gotcha auditors, right? Trying to find as much as you can. But in, in a case like this, that's legitimate. You know, you start really expanding. You say, okay, how big does this get? And does it even spread to other departments? And no, I absolutely agree with you. Definitely. So now, here, here's where I would go with it. We already know that she wasn't reconciling things in a timely fashion, right? So there were some things that were off there. We know that there was some segregation of duties. The reason that I asked about the turnover and why aren't auditors keying in on things like this? You had a department that had 17 people in it. And within the span of two and a half years, you had at least, what, 24 people to either leave the company or transfer to different departments. That shows you that there's a talent management issue. If there's a talent management issue, things will not be done to satisfaction. They'll either be done late or they'll be done wrong or fraud and or theft can occur. So now. With that said, the commissioner also said that there were a significant number of constituents that complained and couldn't get a response from the treasurer regarding such issues such as tax payments, tax liens, missing payments, uncashed check, missing yeah. checks, concerns about overpayments, questions about delinquency notices, residents unable to buy and sell homes because her office wow. was backed up. Her wow. office was backed up because there was a talent management issue. There was a talent management issue because there was a toxic environment that was created. The toxic mm -hmm. environment was allowed to stay there because the governance and oversight function was weak at best. There's absolutely no way that you can go a whole year at any organization and not report anything to your board and your board be okay with that. You know, I have to say th this is the the most troubling part of it, to be honest. And you know, it's easy as auditors to say, well, you know, is there embezzlement? Why isn't things being recorded correctly? Why isn't it being recorded? Forget all of that for a minute. That the, you're an elected official, you're supposed to be serving your community, and she obviously is not. You know, if I was trying to buy or sell a home, if I was trying to do things that I was reliant on this group to do their jobs for, and I couldn't do it. I mean, that's, you know, that's horrible. You know, you, I can't buy a house because you're not doing your job. I, I would be just, uh, I'd be raising hell, <laughs> to, to put it bluntly, right? I mean, I would be, you know, going to the media way before the media ever heard about this. Yeah, I just saw an, a note someone was asking if she's an elected official. I believe so. If you're being elected, you have to go through polling, right? You have to be voted in to be a treasurer. 
And just looking at the 2018 general election for Adams County Treasurer, she had 53% of votes versus the next candidate was 46, almost 47. So, I mean, that was close. Those about 10,000 votes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, hey, she's up for re-election in a year. So, you know, fingers crossed, maybe she can win it again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she can win it again and not do the job that she <laughs> That was bad. That was hard. Can that the county hard. file for bankruptcy? I don't know these things, but I'm just curious. I, oh, I'm like, yeah. yeah, I mean, cities can, so I don't see why counties can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. there have been a few cities that have done it. So now, now check this out now. So as we untangle a little bit more of this, Denver 7 News reported that the county told them, and I quote, they don't know if the money is is being embezzled or if Cole Pepper is just incompetent because she <laughs> won't allow them to review the books, blocking two recent audits of her office. OK, so no one else has access to the system besides her. Like, oh. yeah, exactly. That was excellent point. I mean, one individual has all the books, all the records, all the ledgers, no one can log in remotely. Ah, that, that's like my, my arms are itching. <laughs> right. And Sal makes a good point. The county charter has rules to remove officials. Every county, every city, every federal government has rules to move, remove she probably officials. probably has too much dirt on everyone. I, I'm thinking if, if, if a 6% swing for the votes is only 10,000 people, then that's got to be a smaller community. And yeah, one lawyer, one kind of powerful lawyer, they probably have a lot of power in that area, right? So yeah, it might not be as easy as what you would think, but it's still the right thing to do, right? They should still do their job regardless of what dirt that she has on them. You still do your job and, and yeah. take care of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Danielle says, how do you get to not allow someone to review the books? Danielle, isn't that your county? Don't you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. And I, and I might be wrong, but don't you? <laughs> I'm sorry, Danielle. I do apologize. I'm so so You know we make fun That's of everyone here on this show. But... <laughs> but... <laughs> Man, going after that that's just wrong. Danielle, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> no. But Danielle, not, I don't know you and I'm sorry too. <laughs> or how this two are putting what there's this two are doing to you. Oh. If if I'm wrong, let me know. But I, I do I think you you do live in Denver, I believe, Danielle, or right outside of Den Denver. Yeah. I mean all, all this valid 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 points. Ah, uh, she says it's right outside of the met, uh, right outside of Metro Denver. Okay, yeah. and it isn't that small. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now Neil says, "Who runs this county, boss?" <laughs> you know what? All right, all right. For those of you who are listening and watching that don't get that joke, just Google the Dukes of Hazard, boss hog. I mean. It, Oh my goodness, you just gave me a really good laugh, Neil. Brought back some memories of childhood too, but man, wow, wow. Those darn Duke boys. <laughs> oh 
I see Thomas got it too. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> you know, this almost reminds me, like, and I don't want to point out, but you know, we have probably guys like male officials who are doing, you know, some things that they're not supposed to be doing. But this sort of reminds me of who was that lady that got a whole bunch of horses in one of the counties? Oh yeah. Um she was also an elected official, right? Like yeah, she, she, was. she she was an elected official and she kept things very, very close to the vest. Rita Crumwell. Ah, thank you. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Rita Crumwell. But, but guess what? This story isn't over, you guys. So check this out now. This is where it gets even more interesting. I see Sal just dropped it in. Rita, yeah, Rita Crumwell. So now, this is how she responded to the Denver newspaper. Back, back to Galena's point about <laughs> lawyers when you look at the, the, the typical archetype for lawyers, right? Culpepper responded to Denver 7 News saying they know for a fact that's not the case. Well, what's not the case? Either you're incompetent or you, which one? Okay. Then she says, regarding the allegations of incompetence and embezzlement, she continued by saying, I've been working 12 to 16 hour days recently. Anyone can check the logs to verify that. Now, I want you to just take a look at this doublespeak. And, and I hate you got. OK, you all know how I am about language. Doublespeak. They said either she's incompetent or she's embezzling. Well, that's not true. Which one is not true? <laughs> I mean, really help me understand which one, because if you're saying both, then what's the other alternative that you want to bring forth? OK, let me let me let me not be a smart butt here. So so she said. <clears throat> There are colleagues. Okay, okay. She also addressed the dispute with the commissioners by saying, and I quote, my colleagues and I have a disagreement about constitutional checks and balances. Sometimes a third party is necessary to resolve things. You mean the first audit firm that you can't that 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 you guys brought in that you couldn't get documentation to, or do you mean the second audit firm that you brought in that you couldn't get documentation to? Like which one? Which well, third yeah. party are we talking about here? Oh, you mean well, a third it, third party that you want to bring in? Is that? Well, you, you know, you made a point earlier that if, uh, if the county even hired a lawyer for her throughout this process as well, right? They yeah. hired a lawyer for the lawyer. I didn't even think about that earlier. So yeah, what what third party is she talking about? Because now we have two different audit firms and a, and another legal firm. <laughs> taking you know to, to take care of this lawyer for them yep this is it's it's almost you know like just there's so much mess being created right that you almost want to like is this a clever in like is this a clever person that is that knows exactly what they're doing and knows exactly which strings to pull and knows exactly how to answer or is it just a mess that everyone just like, okay, well, let's let's figure out what's going to happen here. Like, what what do you guys feel? How do you feel about this one? Oh, okay, so here, here's what I think. I think that there's a person who's extremely overwhelmed in the job that she has to do. And instead of acknowledging that she's overwhelmed, she's taken to defense mechanisms that actually make absolutely no sense and make her appear to be, and I'm not saying she is, but make her appear to be overly emotional and erratic. She needs help. 
and I'm not I'm not even talking about mental help or anything like that. So don't think that that's where I'm going with it. I mean, help on the job. There's obviously something wrong if that many people are quitting, whether it's they need more bodies or whether it's that she needs management courses because she's a bad manager. She needs help and she doesn't admit that she needs help. And, is for, and instead, she deflects because those statements that we just read from her make absolutely no sense. They lack accountability. They lack discipline. They lack logic. Robert, there is a oh, I I have to I have to say. There's one thing. Hold on one second. Let me let me just get in here. So I'm on a lisaculpepper.org org, and Lisa Culpepper for Adams County Treasurer since 2018. Basically, you know, it kind of describes who she is and the qualifications, etc. Listen to this thing that she posted. My background makes me ultimately qualified for Adams County Treasurer, but the attribute that makes me stand out is that I always approach a job, position, and challenge with the mindset of, yes, we can do this, quote, unquote. So, I mean, to your point, right, I'm just going to say yes to a job, and then I'll figure it out, right? Right. Is, that well, where, we, like, you, is this where we're heading here? You stop there, but she has one more sentence after that. It says, then it just it's just a matter of gathering the right people and resources to make it happen. I yep. mean, how many has she had turnover in that department? You know, 20, 24 people turnover. But apparently all you have to do is get the right people, and then she's good, apparently, at getting the right people and resources, and she can make <laughs> it happen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, you guys. So so here, here, let, let's recap just a little bit. So in this episode of the Friday Froster, what we've been talking about is a county right outside of Denver where the treasurer has not been performing the job function. I don't think this is up for dispute. We've had payments that have been delayed by as much as, you know, 200 days, so almost a year. We've had duplicate payments where the people who have received the duplicate payments have called and said, you paid me too much. We've had an environment where the Department of 17, they've had over 20 plus people to actually quit and or transfer to different departments. We've had an individual who reports to a board who've shown up to board meetings on several instances over an extended period of time without the proper documentation to substantiate her activity to that board. We've had two auditors that have come in and tried to audit and have not been able to get documentation from this person. We've had a newspaper outlet, a news outlet that has said, is she incompetent or is she embezzling? And so here we are on Friday Froster without even knowing the answer to that question because of all the things that we've discussed. But what we do know is there was an inappropriate segregation of duties, which we hit every week, right? Unfortunately, this week, we didn't have anyone convicted of wire fraud. So uh, <laughs> Al actually emailed me and told me he wasn't going to be here. So maybe next week we'll have some wire fraud. But but what we have here is obviously an environment that is very toxic if the workers aren't staying. And if the workers aren't staying, then obviously the work is not getting done. Right. Well, so now, did, that, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, did you know that yesterday an audit report was released on, on this on this department? Did you see that? 
Oh, I did not see that. Mm -mm. Uh -huh. So uh, February 3rd posted on that county's website, it says Adams County received an internal controls audit this week, surprisingly, showing multiple areas of concern with the treasurer's office operations, including they have five, five bullet points, accounting and reporting, safeguarding of assets, segregation of duties, <laughs> policies and job descriptions, and general concerns. So yeah, this so that that news article came out November third, and here it mm -hmm. is October fourth or October February fourth. Right. And they're still having the exact same problem. She still is not cooperating and providing the documents like she's supposed to. You know, let, let me just say this right here to 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 the citizens there. You guys need to get to the polls and vote. And I'm not saying which way to vote, but let me just say this: there are multiple lapses here because. We've had two audit firms that she wouldn't cooperate with. And now if an audit report is out, that means that it was either issued by the second firm because she actually did cooperate with them or they hired a third firm. Now, where I'm going with that is your tax dollars have been extremely wasted. Yep. Right. For three firms, possibly three firms to have come in. And those firms aren't cheap, which is why you need to call Galena or I or Thomas to do your work. Or the three of us together, because we're cheaper and probably better than some of those. Firms. But not anyway. probably, no, not, not no. There's no probably in this group. But but understand now, understand. Also, within that that the snippet that you just read from that audit report, the very first issue should have been a weak governance structure because the board is accountable and responsible to the citizens. That should have been the very first issue that you should have seen because they allowed this to fester for over three years yeah. it's been the treasurer for three years i'm just you know that it, it to me it's mind-boggling so much incompetence so much incompetence and you you're absolutely right it's our money it's our tax money that not only it's being she's been audited three times now she has a legal representation and now there's a lawsuit on the other side so that's additional funds, right? I'm sure she's not paying for that from her own pocket. So right, right. it's it's just it's it's mind-boggling, right? And government, sorry, you know, government entities. Well, and you know, we brought it up earlier of you know why is it that her department is the only one that has access to this information, right? In that same article that that's part of that audit report, it says to date. The Board of County Commissioners, the County Attorney's Office, and the Budget and Finance Department have all made multiple attempts to gain access to financial data with little to no success. Why is it that the Budget and Finance Department has no access to the financial information? That, that makes no sense to me. That is mind-boggling. I, I, it's so mind-boggling. I, 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 I don't know, like what you guys who's listening to us, give us your something because we're just trying to understand. I guess we're just too, too good and narrow. Like we can't think why. So what would be the reason for this inaccessibility? Well, I mean, Sal has a good reason. Sal says get copies of her tax returns. <laughs> But, but, in all seriousness, so in this particular episode, we've laid out the facts here. Something is definitely wrong. 
we see some lapses on the side of internal audit because what 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 did we not do? We didn't do root cause analysis here because my goodness, I, I see symptoms here. She didn't file the paperwork. Yeah, that's a symptom, but what's underneath that? Now we've also kind of in this episode made her out to be somewhat of a bad guy, kind of. I don't know, we just factually reported it, but based on these facts, it's almost like, wow, she's probably a bad guy in this. Again, I'm going to address this topic in an upcoming episode of Audit Bites. Now on that, what I'm going to do is take the approach of, here's what the internal audit department should have done. And, and what I'm going to do is, let's just say, what if she is the victim here? Because it is still possible. So that's the angle I'm going to take. And I'm going to show how an audit department can actually help a client overcome a situation like this because how many of us have had clients where they needed more money to hire more people to get the job done and instead of us helping that client what we did was we wrote well it's a terrible environment because all the controls are weak so that's the approach i'm going to take on that show so stay tuned it's going to be next week but sounds great people skills exactly well, you know, Robert, I've, I've actually come in uh, several times to clients and said, look, you aren't getting the support you need. Let's use this audit report as a two by four to knock the, upside the head of some of these executives and say, you need more help. And so I've worded audit findings in a way that doesn't make that manager look bad, right? It's, you know, they want to do the right thing. They can't because you're limiting them too much. So, I mean, there's ways to, to, provide value that way and help those people, but they have to be willing to, to get the help, right? They have to be willing to say, yeah, you know what? I, you know, we keep hiring people, but maybe it's HR that keeps hiring these people and she keeps getting rid of them. You know, we, we don't know who's bringing in these people, right? But she, either way, she's not getting the right people in there to do the work. And, and if she's not upfront and honest, then yeah, it makes her look bad. But right. if she, if she would just work with these auditors, Maybe she could get the results she wants if that's what she really wants. Exactly. And we don't know which one it is, but that's why auditors have to understand different personality types and how to deal with them and then get to the root cause. I'm going to actually read that report a little later because I, I just want to see what it says. But I'm just amazed at, you know, this level of activity could occur. Like Pozo says, this level of incompetence is common in agencies and nonprofits. Use of old accounting systems, weak governance, toxic management, poor budgets, etc. So much I could say offline, and we will talk offline, my friend. We always do. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, you know, I, I think at this point too, citizens should be extremely concerned. Again, the three audits that have occurred, the duplicate payments, the not depositing the money until two hundred days later. There's some definite financial mismanagement that is occurring. Here, <laughs> Dana, Dana says I should invite her next week to discuss it. You know what? I actually would love to do that with some of these shows, but you got to understand what you're dealing with. When I even just seeing the response to the newspaper, that lets you know it was a knee jerk. It was a deflection. It was OK. Let me just say it was what I like to call somebody living in 3D. Right. We all live in 3D. But when I talk about this kind of 3D, when you have to watch out for people who defend, deflect, deny. Whenever there's a situation and they start deflecting, something's wrong. They start defending without listening, something's wrong. They start denying factual evidence that you put in front of them. Hey, it took you 200 days to, to, to deposit this money, to put it on the books. What happened? 
well, we work 16 hour days. Nope, not denying that at all. You guys are probably working hard, but maybe you're not working smart. Let's get together and try and work smart. 3D, defend, deflect, deny. Always look out for those kind of people, whether you're an auditor or in your personal life. Those kind of people are toxic and dangerous. Unless you're an attorney. <laughs> but, but you know what? Maybe we can get Danielle to go invite her to be on the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. Danielle, girl, what's going on? Call me. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, the three people you see here for your local governmental agencies, call us. We can help you. We can help you with internal controls. We can help you with cybersecurity at the same time. We can help you with. Oof. And fraud, we can do fraud investigation, right fraud investigation, fraud investigations. Yeah. yeah and it's the way the way it works is no one needs to know that it's a fraud investigation. Never. No, you just come in and you take a look at the internal controls procedures. You do an audit, right? That's disguised under fraud investigation. <laughs> and, you know, it's not just about government agencies either or nonprofits and stuff, but, you know, private businesses are notorious for this as well, right? You've got a, a spouse or you have, a, you know, a close relative or you have just one friend or you just have one person that's really reliable, but they do almost everything and you have segregation of duties issues and such. And there's just so much that, that we can just kind of take a look and say, hey, do you really want this person doing all of these different things and look at what they can do. And you know, all of a sudden the, the, the light bulb comes on, right? And like, oh yeah, that's not a good thing. And there's just so many little things that you can do that get, that'll strengthen and prevent things like this from happening. You know, I mean, I, to, your, to your point, Thomas, that's a very valid point. I was just, I, I had some really interesting client situation happen to me this week. Everything is good, but it was just different, right? Working for myself versus working for a corporation. I started thinking that there should be a course, not a, maybe not a course, but at least a class dedicated in business school, dedicated to audit, internal audit. Because what I want is I want all small and medium-sized owners, business owners, to know this, to know the basics of internal controls, to know segregation of duty, to know you know that you're not you cannot give the same individual the entire chain of custody just yeah. to, just to understand just to understand what it is and it seems yeah. like it's it's missing right i mean business school is teaching you a lot of great things i don't know that internal audit is part of that you know a lot of times the internal audit side is just part of the the external audit and that's about it right you know they'll throw in a little bit or they get into the nitty-gritty details of you know, Sarbanes-Oxley and the principles and the components and, but you lose the big picture, right? And you lose yeah. some of the, the basics for, for running business or by the time someone gets to the executive level or, or starts their own business, they've been out of school for 10, 20 years and they've forgotten what they learned anyway. I know that's kind of how I was actually, I think I lost, I think I forgot it about a week or two after I got out of the class, but so you said it and we, and Robert actually brought it up last week and, and Friday for us, I did toot my own horn, I actually did create an internal controls guidebook for private businesses, right? And it does lay out a little bit about segregation of duties and internal controls and such. So we mentioned it last week, we'll mention it this week. It's free, just shoot me a message uh, or shoot me an email and I will gladly share it. But uh, hopefully that can help, you know, help private businesses take care of it as well. My professor skipped that chapter and it became my profession. Wow. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> and wow. the wrote the book. <laughs> but, but you know, there actually are now some colleges that do offer a course in internal auditing. You can actually get an undergraduate degree in internal auditing and a graduate degree, but only a few schools have that curriculum. But, but I mean, if we're being real about it, learning about good internal controls doesn't take an entire semester. No. I mean, you could spend one day with someone and walk them through different scenarios and talking about what good internal controls look like in an organization. When internal controls break down, let's just be honest, it is the human element. It is because many of us are overworked. It is because many of us operate in 3D. It is because we're afraid to ask for help or because like Thomas said, we're a little bit too arrogant or, you know, it's it's the human reasons or we place too much trust in people channeling my inner Kelly. Trust is not a control. Yep. And oftentimes budgets are too small and people are overworked. So it's those things that we have to be cognizant of, especially when we're auditing areas. You don't just sit down and write an audit report and just list out everything that's wrong that are the symptoms without looking at the problem here. And, and the most common that I see is not that they have, you know, that they are doing things that are questionable or anything like that. The, the, the part that I normally see, it's so far myself, I've seen it mostly women in the roles, but it's not necessarily always women. But you have someone that is like an office manager. They might even be like a controller or accounting manager. And you say, hey, can you also take care of, you know, purchasing for the office? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Oh, you know what? We need someone to help out with adding new vendors to the system. Can you do that? Oh, yeah, sure. I can do that. Oh, you know what? We need a new bank account. Can you help with that? And it just gets slowly. They get little bits of more responsibility and more jobs and more. And they, as they grow, then all of a sudden you realize they're responsible for IT, HR, accounting, treasury. You know, they, they have so many segregation of duties issues, but it's not because it happened you know, overnight. Right. It's just a slow, gradual process. And that's where you don't realize what's happening until it's too late and you realize, you know, half your bank account is gone or, or, or they quit and you realize, Oh, I need to hire five people to do that one person's job. You know, it, it can be such yeah, a and that's why, and that's why we come in and we educate. You have to do internal, you have to do an audit yeah. twice a year. You have to do an audit. It has to be a surprise audit. No, don't tell them. It has to be a surprise audit. And you come in and you take a look at five biggest things because otherwise you're not going to have employees to support because one of them, Walked away with everything. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Right. All right, you guys. Episode number 3043. Uh, episode number 43 of the Friday Froster. Is she incompetent or is she embezzling? The treasurer in Adams County, Colorado, apparently couldn't work with one accounting firm or one audit firm to do an internal audit. And that was their fault. She couldn't work with a second firm to do an internal audit, and that was also their fault. So the board, they fired her. No, they didn't fire her. They sued her and then hired an attorney for her while they were suing <laughs> her. Okay, she was, a lot of things were happening that were really, really bad. Payments were being posted to the ledger extremely late, almost a year late in some instances. Some taxpayers could not get their mortgages closed, get their home loans closed because they didn't know the tax situation because the treasurer's office had fumbled some of that. So there were a lot of bad things going on. A department of 17 folks and over 20 plus people had either left the department or transferred to other units. And 
the treasurer is saying that there were just some philosophical differences regarding internal controls or something like that that she said. Hmm. Sounds like governance issues to me. Sounds like an area that's just ripe for fraud, whether it's occurred or not, who knows at this point, but it sounds like an area that is ripe for fraud. And Sal asked a really good question. Did the taxpayers mm -hmm. get charged penalties and interest? Ooh. Great question. Good question. Yep. Sal is on it. <laughs> he is on it. And Neil says, great episode. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. It's all because of my great co-host, because, you know, I just kind of sit here and push buttons. <laughs> Sal says, did the county post revenue in error? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What I know is it's all messed up, man. This is bad. <laughs> I wish, you know, in a situation like this, just, you know, kind of add to your summary. I wish that if she doesn't get elected next year, that there will be an audit. Yeah. And more often than not, people don't want to face the reality. They don't want to go and dig through the dirty laundry. And instead, they just like, oh, it's past, you know, so sweep under the rug. Let's start anew. And I, I hope that's not the case here. I truly hope that there will be done a thorough investigation or review, not, you know, not investigation or review to really get to the bottom of this. Yeah, yeah. They, they really have to follow the money and to your point in this case to figure out was she embezzling or was she just incompetent in all seriousness yeah absolutely and you know what, what they really need to do is they need to have one team kind of come in to keep them current and you have another team go in and start playing catch up right yep. because it's going to take them a while to do catch up because you know they're still adams not doing county, adams right. county we we <laughs> we have it all figured out <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to touch that. I'm with you on that, Thomas. That that one sounds uh, it sounds horrible. Hey, I'm going to drop in a, a link real quick. Robert, you and I talked about it right before we we went live with this and all. For those of you that are in Houston or might be coming to Houston for the IIA conference in April, I'm real curious who is going to be attending virtually and who's going to be attending in person. So it's just a real simple, just, you know, one or the other uh, poll that I'm doing on LinkedIn. If you don't mind, you know, if you're going to be, be attending the event, let me know how you're doing it. And it's solely because I'm thinking about being a sponsor and I want to know if it's worth my while to, to sponsor it or not. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So if anybody can, can kind of chime in there, that'd be great. If you are planning on coming in town, Hey, let's grab lunch or coffee. I know, uh, Robert, when you're in town, we're definitely going to be trying to meet up at some point, too. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Sal, Sal says he's going to move to Adams County. <laughs> so, all right. So, we just, Thomas just dropped the link in the chat. Here's the link. Go over to that poll if you are in the Houston area. Take a look. Let, let us know. Will you be there in person? You know what? Here's something that I want to tell you guys about. So, you guys. Everybody wants to get some quality CPEs, right? And CPEs aren't necessarily cheap, and sometimes CPEs aren't good, depending on who's putting it on. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to get five free CPEs, five free CPEs at the Level Up Internal Audit Summit. Now, I'm going to be one speaker, but there are going to be a ton more speakers. And again, it is free. What I'm talking about is five critical elements for quality questions. And if you want to know more, go 
to levelupinternalauditsummit.com. Again, levelupinternalauditsummit.com. You get five free hours of CPE, and that will be February 16th and 17th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. So what that means is no matter where you are in the world, you can attend this thing because it is free. Now, Galena, what say you, my friend? I was just trying to send my information to you guys. I don't know if it registered or not. Anyone who wants to reach out is galena at icafconsulting.com or go to icafconsulting.com and um, check out my services. Ah, I just tried to pop it in the chat, but it wouldn't go there. Thomas, what's it? It says me, don't put me on big screen, man. Come on, nobody wants to see that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, thank you, Rob, for, for having me on the show. I always love coming on here. I love uh, joining in on the chat as well whenever I'm just watching in. But uh, yeah, if you're in Houston, I'd love to, to meet for coffee or lunch, regardless of whether you're looking for, for consulting services or if you're just interested in doing consulting yourself. I'm always looking to, to meet new people. If you're in the state of Texas, I'm even willing to drive. No worries. But again, I just really appreciate being on the show. This is such a, a unique uh, article that we got to go over, and I can't wait to see how it all plays out. Oh, yeah, this one's going to be awesome. Now, for some reason, my chat kind of stopped over here, but Clarence said he's going to be there. So I'm guessing Clarence might be there virtually unless you moved because Clarence is in Maryland. Forgot exactly. Or is he talking about the uh, the free CPE event? Oh, the free. Oh, he might be at the level up. Yeah, sorry, Clarence. You're talking about the Heather is not attending. Heather, but Clarence <laughs> is going to be at the level up internal audit. Yes, it is going to be fun. Some special surprises to be had by all who yeah. attend. So. You guys, this has been another fun-filled episode. We ran over a little bit on just that one story. Man, that was crazy. So, until next time, please don't commit any fraud, people.